it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Winning Plays podcast, episode number six with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. And guys, for the fifth straight season, for the 11th time in the last 12 seasons, for the the 15th time in the last 18 seasons, the Boston Celtics have advanced to the playoffs. And we had a big preview plan for today. This long-awaited first-round series with the Pacers. We're going to talk about what the Celtics need to do to take care of business. And we're still going to do that. But first, Brian Robber, resident Celtics beat writer. So last night, so that would have been Wednesday, recording this on Thursday, uh, after probably a much more stressful regular season than anyone imagined, you figure you have a chance to be a good husband. It's your wife's birthday. Take her out for a nice dinner. And I tell you, at what point in the meal are you served up this tasty Woj bomb? Uh, you know what? Not tasty. Just call it a Woj bomb. Marcus Smart, torn left oblique. Everything we're going to talk about is sort of shot. Early reports say he could miss the first two rounds. At the very least, he will not be around for the Pacer series. But just just set for, for Mike and I and all our listeners, take us to this dinner. It's your wife's birthday. You've been promising this for, forever. <laughs> no, it's, How it's, do you find like, out that Marcus Smart's not going to be well, here for the first round? So the best part of it is you guys are my Woj. We were the Woj mom because I uh, – so uh, it's a birthday dinner. So we're, on, we're in do not disturb phone mode. <laughs> We're straight up. Uh, is that and, is that is that a request or do you know? No, that was that was the. That's just a, being a good husband. That's just being a husband. Okay. Yeah, that's being a, that's being a smart husband. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so it was, dinner was over, and so we were looking at you know I think the news had been out for probably a good hour, and, and you still had no idea. I had no idea. Kate went to the my wife. Kate went to the uh, the bathroom at the end of dinner, and I just you know opened the phone and just a a lot of text messages on the <laughs> on the screen there, including. Uh, one from you guys saying, uh, "Is B Rob alive right now? We need to check on him." I know we're about uh, to send we're about to send a check. wellness check to your to your house. And I was so like, Mike, "Oh boy, Mike, what's your first reaction?" So I, I think I know we're we're, we're going to get to to who starts for him. More importantly, who finishes? Do we start with the starting? Or Mike, what, what's your what's your first reaction? It's, it's it's such a bummer because it's funny. I was going to start this podcast with a toast. I was. I had I had all, all written out and planned. We were going to raise our glasses and say goodbye to. Not a horrible regular season, but not a very inspiring regular season. It was a horrible regular season. It was, season. A, it was, okay. it was bad. Sure. It was a really bad one. Okay, I mean, home court <laughs> advantage, whatever. But relatively speaking. But here we are. So, and I don't know. Where, where are you at? I, I know you, you took this, I think, harder than, uh, than B-Rob and I. Well, I, yeah, look, I mean, uh, the Winning Plays podcast. We, it's basically like we named this podcast after everything that Marcus Smart embodies and uh, our... our, our Dear Red Auerbach Award winner, um, <laughs> yeah. So it was. It's just you. I remember watching the game, the Orlando Magic game, where um, 
you know, he just crumpled to the ground and it was like, why? Like, first of all, why was he in the game? I didn't, I didn't understand that. And hindsight's twenty twenty, but I, I knew there was a chance that something bad would happen, but also like Marcus Smart is, is just not a, a, he doesn't behave or react to pain like a normal human. So I also thought that it was nothing at the same time. Uh, so when I got that Woj bomb, I was at the Knicks Pistons game right before I headed over to Brooklyn for the, uh, the for Dwayne Wade's last game of his career, which I wanted to see in person. And yeah, it was just like I was in the the hallway and I got got the the Woj bomb notification and it, it's like I don't it's just it's it's it is such a bummer because he's he's such a key part of the team and for him to be out for the first round I think they can survive we'll talk about that more in depth in a minute but if you don't have him against the Bucks I mean that's just it's going to be tough. Be rough. Has anyone said anything? And, and this is obviously hindsight as well. But he, what he ran down the court and tried to play one play after the initial injury. Yeah, he went back and, and, and then forth. ran back the like the ran yeah. back again, and that's where he went down. And that's when he crumbled. Yeah. So, yeah, it's obviously people were uh, very questioning of like why the heck was he back in this game? How could he talk himself back into this game? Um, and and, and, <laughs> well, and well, Pena said meaningless. it though. You can't. That's not. It's not a. It's not a regular human being we're talking about. Right. Exactly. So it's like, but it's. I guess it also it's, shouldn't be up. It shouldn't be up to him. Right, exactly. I guess that's I guess a lesson for the training staff there is like of course like this guy is, you know, his arm or leg could be falling off and he'd be saying, I'm good to go. Um so I guess that's a, a situation where you have to like, you know, maybe save the player from himself. I will say this, like talking at Boston Sports Journal, I just posted an article of uh Dr. Jess Flynn, who's a sports medicine doctor, just to like learn more about the injury. And she said, you know, it's very, very unlikely that he did any more damage like by going back into the game. So okay. like from that standpoint, we can at least use, it's not like he went out there and made it worse. It just was like, so he figured that, out it was torn. And then he was like, Oh, I can't do anything. Like this is, you know, excruciating pain. I'm going down. So Brad gets to keep his job. So Brad, you know, <laughs> okay. wait, Brad, wait, but, so we have to scratch the Brad's coaching for his so job segment. But okay. yeah. I will say this, like, can, do you guys know who led the Celtics in games played this year? Tatum. Marcus Smart. Uh, Really? Did he really? 80 oh, games. Wow. So I don't want to do the second guessing thing for like, should Brad have been playing the starters or not in this game, even though they had clinched up four seed. Like they have, they're going to get plenty of rest anyway. It was a freak thing, but I will say like their, their crappy regular season screwed them to a degree here. Only in the sense of like, it was actually worth seeing those guys play together more with the new like rotations with like with Bane starting, they, they had, they had, they're at a spot where it was like, yeah, one more good game to test us would, would be good for us rather than like shut it all down early for a guy who'd already played 80 games. So like, yeah, it, it kind of, it kind of, I mean, that's the only reason why it's like, I mean, it's, it's like, you can't blame it. Anything. It's, it was game 81 smart. Probably wouldn't have been the guy resting anyway. I actually said to myself, it must've been, Sometime this morning, I'm like, well, I guess it's better he gets hurt at the beginning of the season and can come come back in the middle of the playoffs, as opposed to getting hurt like in the second round and then he wouldn't be able to come back in time for the finals. How's that for psychotic justification? <laughs> that is some glass half bullshit <laughs> right there. Right? So, uh, I mean, what, what did Doctor Jeff say anything about? You know, she said he didn't make it any worse by playing through it, but what'd she say about him getting back before, uh, so, let's say, next round? Here's the thing, she. This is what's her quote. 
she said, I will be surprised if Marcus Smart plays this playoffs. And okay. she didn't do that as like, oh, the Celtics are definitely going to lose in like four to the Bucks type attitude. It's more like four to six weeks is like optimistic and you're just starting to get back on the floor in four to six weeks. You're not like ready to jump into a playoff series at that point in terms of what you can do. Because an injury like this, apparently it's like, it's not just pain tolerance. It's like, that's your core. Your everything starts with your oblique, any kind of movement there. So like, it's not like you can do didn't rehab the, and get the, better. Didn't the muscle fall off the bone? Yeah. It came off a tendon. Like it, some of it's partially torn off. Like a tendon. Oh, Are you serious? Yeah. So that, that's the injury. It's apparently a very, it's a very rare basketball injury. It happens in soccer more apparently when players, young athletes, you know, when they're going to kick a ball and just like turn wrong or whatever, that's where they, this happens the most. So it's again, a probably again, a very freak thing, but I would say at this point, it sounds like she would be shocked to see him in like in the buck series, like the Raptor series, like that's realistic. The Bucks series sounds like a long shot. You mean the conference finals? Let's not get ahead of ourselves, people. Yeah, and yeah. I'd like to say, what, no matter what a doctor says, I'm going to say like three weeks earlier for Marcus Smart. Right, that's what you'd hope. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but, but we are we all we're all in agreement that the Celtics should still be able to beat the Pacers without Marcus. Yes, hundred percent. They're favored. They should be favored. They're heavily favored. Still, I believe I think they were minus five hundred in the series, and the odds I just saw that come out that came out on Bovada. But yeah, I said one, one, one. So who's let, let's let, let's get to the to the lineup. Who, who do you guys want to start? Yeah, I mean, well, so the options here are probably uh, Jalen Gordon, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Um, I've been di- I've been dying to get away for a way for Terry to get in there. Is there because, any is there any way no. that, that they? I can't even say it out loud. No, oh Jesus! No. Uh, okay, I, I guess I won't. But you want? Who, no, I don't. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing out possibilities here. Uh, say it. I, is there any possibility that they start Terry Rozier? I I think that there is. I don't know. It, it, defensively is what worries me. I, offensively, I would love to at least for the start of the series because it seems like Jalen and Gordon have settled in so well to their roles with the second unit. Right? You Correct. don't. You, if you're starting Baines, you're not going to start Marcus Morris. Uh, and there are a couple other reasons maybe you don't want to start Marcus Morris, but I just I just think for, for the beginning of the playoffs to give Terry that sort of confidence again, I think it's a way to maybe jumpstart something special, especially if you're not going to have Marcus for the foreseeable future. I don't know if they can overcome it, but I just think ideally that was that is the move for me. I think if he was playing well at all for sustained stretches of the season, I could see that. But it's like, do you rank who you or who you trust on defense, Rich? Out of Rozier, Hayward, and Brown on Bogdanovich, like one through three, who who like who do you? Who well, do you so go can't like so t- can't Tatum guard Bogdanovich? So I'm thinking for 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 Rozier, it's it's Wesley Matthews it's the issue. See, they tried though in recent games they've put Tatum on Matthews and they put Smart on Bogdanovich. So I want to say they they are worried like Tatum has definitely guarded Bogdanovich in the past and he'll get time on him, but I think like chasing Bogdanovich around screens for Tatum, not good. Like, not Tatum's strength on defense. So I think they're going to try to... Wes is at least slower now and doesn't have, you know, it's easier to stick with than Bogdanovich, I feel like. So I think whoever replaces Smart is going to be guarding 
Bogdanovich. That's my I guess I I could be wrong. That's my guess. And I mean, yeah, and it, everyone gets caught up in like the individual matchups, obviously. But it's it's like some of it, it's just like that the everything is so team oriented in the NBA, particularly in the playoffs. But I I do think if I if I'm picking someone who will not affect the rotation that dramatically, who I. I don't know if trust is the right word, but I'm I'm fine with him. I can sleep at night with him guarding Bogdanovich and starting games against him is is Jalen, and I don't I'm not necessarily saying he's the best defender on the team behind Smart um, or wing, best wing defender, um, but I just like I like Gordon right now coming off the bench. Uh, one thing that you know we should mention is just how good Marcus has been handling the ball and. Uh, in high pick and roll situations. And, um, you know, I, I, I would be a little weary if a lot of those responsibilities fell on Terry Rozier's shoulders on the second unit. So I would, I would keep Gordon Hayward, uh, coming off the bench, uh, starting the second quarter and kind of figuring it out from there. Cause offense obviously really matters here. The, the, the I think the thing here with the Celtics, their big advantage is, they can score the ball and the Pacers can't. So, right, and that's why I think the like the Bojan because Bojan is the only one I think that has the consistent firepower to. He's gonna have to win them at least one or two of these games by himself. Right, that's the and one. If, guy and, if, and if you stop him, they just they just can't get the consistent offense to keep up. I agree. So you and I do. I I Mike. I think you're dead on in terms of like the Hayward. I think if if the Celtics had a competent backup point guard. Like to run the offense on the bench, um, he Brad would go with Hayward here. But since they don't, like, and I, I'm not considering Rozier playing the two more than the one here because I don't think you want him running the one, um, really for sustained stretches in the playoffs. So, but since they don't, you keep Gordon coming off the bench. You throw Jalen in there, tell him that like this is. I mean, it's the starting five from last year, guys. Like, this, there is a track record here. This this didn't work for a while which is, I guess, encouraging from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I, like, I don't know how much deeper you guys want to get in, into the uh, Smart's impact. I guess, actually, we should – should we talk about closing lineups? Because, yeah, that you was know, like more sm- intriguing. Just generally, like, Smart would – I mean, his, his three-point shooting has kind of – just kind of cemented him in the improved three point shooting has cemented him in as, as just a, a fixture on the closing lineups that the Celtics would have to have uh, on the, he would, they would have to have him on the floor throughout the postseason at the end of games. Um, obviously he's not available anymore. I mean, there's a lot of options here, I, I think. Um, the question is how big are the Pacers going to go? Because I, you got to imagine yeah. that, that Turner and Sabonis are, are out there in crunch time, right? It would, I mean, I would think they've been going back and forth. I know in Boston in that close game, it was, it was Young and Turner, and Sponis was not out there late. But Brad countered that with Baines and Horford for most of crunch time. So I guess the question is now, like, which way does Brad lean? This is if if Baines is ever going to close games, not against the Sixers. Like this is probably the best team for it to happen against. And with Smart out, he actually might have an excuse to do it more, because. If you go small without smart, I think you get really, I think they'll do it at times, but you're really vulnerable on the class 
like if the Pacers stay big. Which has been an issue for the Celtics when Baines and Horford are not on the floor. Um, right. So, I mean, I'm looking right now real quick at, at just how often the Pacers would have Turner and Sabonis on the floor together. Um, and uh, basically extremely rare in fourth quarter situations they've closed they've closed one game uh one game since uh christmas with both of those guys on the floor so um, that's wild to me yeah wild because those are two two of their three best players uh arguably is that because they're vulnerable on defense like on the perimeter with both those guys i get I, i would guess that has to be it yeah, I mean the the one game that they did it, the last game they did it was March fourteenth against the Thunder. Um, so I mean, I, it's a matchup dependent, obviously, but it's it is really weird to me that they would do that. I think they trust Thad Young a ton, and you can't play all three of those guys. It'd be really right. tough to play all three of those <laughs> guys. Yeah. Um, but Sabonis is just such a ridiculous talent, and you would think that with his contract situation being what it is that they would want to explore as much as possible, those two guys on the court together. But instead it's been a very consistent rotation where they close the first and the third quarters with them on the floor and rarely uh, inspect it with uh, in the fourth quarter in, in tight situations. Um, but it's good news for the Celtics. It yeah, is, but, <laughs> but the thing about the playoffs is, is you know, it's a completely different ballgame. And, and, like, all of a sudden, as we've talked about with the, you know, um, ways that Brad Stevens could kind of spring surprises on opponents, I think that this is exactly, like, this is something that the Pacers could do that is uh, not something that they're accustomed to but could work in this particular matchup. You would think so. If you're going to go out, you might as well go out with, like I said, two of your three best players. I'm looking so, at the at the bench right now for the like who is and this goes to the point about not starting Gordon is that who's gonna gonna guard him on the second unit for the Pacers? I, I don't Joseph McDermott McDermott Tyreek Evans I don't yeah oh, not God Tyreek Tyreek Evans is absolute garbage on D so they they should have a I, field I don't see any yeah that. I don't yeah, see anybody right so that I, my that, guess is good. yeah my guess is. Uh, I mean, they funnel guys into Turner, and so it's a little less important, I guess, from their scheme who's on him. But I mean, their best who's their who, I, like who's their best perimeter defender? I mean, is it like is Joseph, it probably. is it or I mean, Wes Matthews or I, I, and he's been I don't know, you know, we all he's know he's hurt them more than he's Matthews. helped them. Yeah, I, I mean, it's thirty-two. Corey Jeff is. Corey Joseph plays hard, dude. Yeah, Corey Joseph is a good. He would player. get he would get beasted, but um, <laughs> even though Hayward has not really like used his size or strength that much this season in post. <laughs> but yeah, but that's my original point. I yeah. just I, I don't I don't know. What, again, there'll have to be a team. Maybe TJ Leaf gets gets some run. <laughs> oh my! I don't know. It's, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. But going back to the closing five, though, like, do you where are you guys more inclined? to roll big or knowing that you might have to see Sabonis and Turner together. Cause that's a lineup that could get away potentially playing Baines and Horford. Or do you, you know, go with the, the dream starting five from the, from the preseason? Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready, I'm ready to roll with that. 
I think like what's really fascinating and I think about a lot in in the playoffs and why I love the playoffs so much is like if you're the favorite, do you do you just like flex with what you are or do you look at what the opponent is doing and adjust? Right. So if you're the Celtics, I don't like we can't say for certain that that lineup is a positive um (laughs) so i don't i i would be surprised if brad went to that at the end of games i think he'll probably try it out at the end of the first half um see what happens see who's on the floor for the pacers see how well it works um but if the games are close which i actually don't think they'll be so this may not be this may all be a moot conversation um I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I I personally trust Baines, and he's not really a guy who closes a ton of games. But I just, I've I've been a fan of his for the past uh, since he's been a Celtic, really, and when healthy. I thought you went back to New Zealand. How do you like him in New Zealand days? Sure. Yeah. No. All, all of Australia. <laughs> but, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we should have. That should have been the name of the podcast. But. That's a I, different I conversation. That, I know I you suggested did. that. No, I know, I know, I know. It should have back when, back it, when I, <laughs> I said back when I remembered he was actually from Australia. Yes, exactly, exactly. Can, can I jump in real quick with a yeah, yeah, point? Yeah. Uh, because it's your own point that I'm going to make to help your argument right now. Cool. Is, did we ever do that stat of the week about Tatum's post defense? No, we because didn't. Because that, com- that comes in handy right here. Because if they, if they're going to roll with with Thad Young, that's where you wonder if can can Tatum guard that young and you want to give that that stat you have it up yeah yeah sure so uh so basically you know there's play type data on nba.com and i was just kind of sorting through it looking for random stuff and i I saw that they have tatum's post defense at in the 91st percentile um which basically means he's very very good uh it's not a huge volume but he's been solid um, after he ranked in the 20th percentile as a rookie. Uh, and so one of the big things that the Celtics have going against them is that Marcus Morris is so valuable positionally as just like a power forward, quote unquote. But if you can have Tatum be a guy who won't get bodied in the post, uh, like that is that is helpful. Um, I don't know, you know, numbers are just numbers. And at the end of the day, you have to like play physic physical basketball in the playoffs and, and someone like Thad Young or someone like Sabonis or someone like Turner, I, I'd probably prefer Turner out of those three, but, uh, those guys are really physical skilled, um, guys. And I don't know if Tatum would be up for that challenge, but it is, it is hopeful to see the number in the 91st percentile for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, they're going to, if they get down in games, I feel like that's the lineup you're going to see, but um, there's no question that. Which one, the the, the, the small, death like, lineup? The, yeah, death leg, yeah. Okay. The, the original starting five. But yeah, I do think that, I think Stevens, he's, he's talked a lot about wanting to hone in on defense first and the offense taking care of itself. And if that's his mindset, then like, I would lean towards Bain's closing. Um, in this series, just because that's that's the one way you're going to guarantee like you're not going to get killed on the glass. You're going to have someone who knows where to be on defense, and as long as Miles Turner isn't like going nuts from three point range, you can probably get away with that. If that 
If not, then things might change. So the last time that Baines ended a game, do you want to guess who the opponent was? Ended the game on the floor? Well, on the floor, I mean, they do a lot of subbing. Like, he, I'd say the Pacers game was... You are, cor- you are, you are correct, B-Rub. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. there was a little bit of subbing at the end, but that is the last but, time where he was fundamentally on the floor at the end of the game. And the Celtics should have lost that game. Like, the Pacers blew some, like, easy layups. Like, Thad Young had a wide-open layup. Collison missed a couple wide-open jumpers in crunch time before Kyrie made that great drive. Yeah. So, but the Pacers played really well in that game. And uh, they have not, by and large, for the last two months. So mm. that's uh, good. For... I'm curious, though, for you guys, not just who closes, who's going to actually play in this series off the bench now? Since, I mean, we know obviously Hayward and Brown are going to play more, but I think they were going to play 30-plus minutes anyway. So it's not like they're going to, you know, there's 30-plus minutes of smart that have to get handed around here. And so I, I guess wonder... my question my question is, is my guy Brad Wanamaker going to get a minute? <laughs> That's well, what I, I want to know. I think that I think there's a chance, and this is just the total gut feeling right now, that maybe you don't see them trim down that rotation as much in the first round. Just try to preserve people a little bit more. If you feel like the advantage over Indy, even without Marcus, is as much as we think it is, you know, it, it might make sense not to not to run Kyrie into the ground if you think you can get away with it. I th- I I think they're gonna play Kyrie a lot. Um, I do. I just. I don't know. That's my gut feeling on that. Uh, I think that minutes will be dispersed. I think I think you'll see Jalen's minutes go up. You'll see Tatum's minutes go up. Uh, Horford's minutes will... Everybody's minutes will go up. And then, I mean, I think Terry Rozier is going to probably get a bulk of this, would be my guess. Um, at least a shot at the beginning. Oh, yeah. He'll get the shot. He'll absolutely get the shot. Because I, I, th- I do think that... Um, I think Nate McMillan will, knowing that Smart is no longer in the series, I think it would not surprise me entirely if he went, you know, in with those three guard lineups that they can do where, you know, three, I guess guard is maybe not the best word, but, you know, they have Corey Joseph. They've been playing Holiday quite a bit lately, and he's he's like a, he's an interesting rookie. I don't know like if he's necessarily good right now, but he could be getting minutes. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting for sure. I, I just think that I think Jalen's minutes will, will be uh, significantly higher than they've been um, over the last couple weeks here. I have a, I have a quote from Terry Rozier at practice today. I want your guys. I, I saw the, I saw the video. <laughs> um, I'll, for, I'll give this for rich then. Um, Quote, obviously, it's tough seeing it being Marcus Smart's injury, but I feel like I'm more important to the series now. I'm more needed. Obviously, I'm going to have to step up. I'm going to be ready for it. Yeah, that's why I want to start him. Quotes like that inspired me to the point of... Uh... You know, the video wasn't that inspiring, I gotta say. No. Well, no. B-Rob's <laughs> rendition wasn't, wasn't either. I thought you captured it. You captured it well. Why? Did he just seem like he was being super... I mean, it sounded pretty self-centered, obviously. I mean, but... another one, quote, I feel like a guy with money on the line, when it's time to get it, I'll be ready for it. That's not a good I... quote. But you know what? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't mind. At least he's being honest. Like, is, is are the other guys not, is Marcus Morris not thinking that, get, coming into the playoffs? And I know, like, maybe you, you don't say it, but I don't care. If that's what motivates him and it, and it leads to him coming through in a situation like that, great. 
Terry Rogier Rog- Rog- should want to make as much money as he as much money as he can. Whatever will, motivates you. I will say this though, Rich. Like maybe this all year long for a lot of his frustrating play, he has probably felt like the pressure on him that, okay, my minutes are going to go away if I screw up here, if I don't make a play. Maybe that looseness will emerge again in the playoffs here without... I guess that's the only... That's that's my spin zone right now of, like, how he's yeah. going to turn around. And obviously the track record as well as someone who's been tough on Terry all year. But, yeah, like, make, make, t- make us feel better about this. But I just... I, I'll say this. If someone said to us... Hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna start invest. We're gonna invest a million dollars in this podcast, right? Sweet. We're all gonna get. I bet you our next episode's better than this one. Probably. I bet we put more time. I bet we're more focused, and I bet we do a better job. I don't know. I, I just I feel like this is. I might retire personally. But. Yeah, we'll just we, and maybe Terry will retire after, <laughs> after, after this year. Maybe what's what it's all about. But yeah, if money drives him, sure. What do you think about like could he guard Collison and then Kyrie just pesters Wesley Matthews? Because if the Pacers start playing through Wesley Matthews against Kyrie, I feel like that's a win. If the if the, yo if the Pacers play through Wesley Matthews, the series is over in two <laughs> yeah. games. Right, right. So I don't know. Well, it is um, like Kyrie is going to be. I mean, another we haven't talked about Kyrie at all. He has nowhere to hide on defense now. He needs to. He's going to have to. They're going to roll him in the post and pick and roll, and he needs to. He's going to really have to step it up here. Um, can I can I do my Reddit? This is a, a a good pause part for what you're saying, but my the Reddit stat of the week. Yeah. It's from a uh, user thirteen thirty seven speak, and Kyrie Irving twenty three. Yeah, great guy, great poster. Uh, Kyrie Irving twenty three point eight points per game, five rebounds per game, and six point nine assists per game this season. Became the first Celtics player to average at least twenty three five and six since Larry Bird in nineteen ninety. I saw that stat on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, that's pretty good. It's pretty that's good. It's good. He had a you, good season. He's going to make an All NBA team. <laughs> He's good. Is, is, uh, yeah. So should we talk about it a little bit? I mean, he he needs to. I don't know. I feel like this is this is a a, a series where I was going to say Jordan, but I don't know. We can't put him in that word. But the the good teams they finish off these these series quick, right? Like I think it, it is to their advantage to not fuck around anymore to come out and just even without Marcus. Six games. That's it. Oh, I, I mean, honestly, like, I think oh, five games should be the target. Because closing, you you win two at home, you take one. They'll lose game three, three they'll win four right. and five. Four, okay, so, exactly. so, that, so that's the over that's the over-under for this week, our, our, our weekly over-under. Pace your Celtic series, five and a half games. You guys are taking the under? Under. Yeah, I'm taking the under. So you know what's crazy is that I, I, it, was, it was probably as recently as three weeks ago. B Rob, you were definitely jumping off the, jumping off board this team. Not for the Pacers series, I wasn't. I know, but then we go the other way and set the we set the standards. So so now if they don't win in five, it's a disappointment. Not a disappointment. I just that's what I think is going to happen. Like I think you're going to close them out at home, and I think Kyrie can steal your game in Indy. Um, do will I be surprised? Will I be shocked if it goes seven? No. Like with the, after this injury, like they can lose one at home in the first two, and you know come back and have to split an Indy and then all bets are off. if like the defense doesn't come together. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm having faith in the Pacers continuing to suck. Like they were <laughs> the last few weeks of the season more than like, I think the Celtics are going to, you know, really pull things together here. That game in Indy, I think might've really taken the wind out of their, their season. 
I'm interested in seeing their disposition in, in game one, like really early. Like if the Celtics open up game one, like uh, with a, I don't know, like uh, the score like 12 to four or 12 to three or something like I, I don't want to say the series is over after that, but like there's only so many adjustments that the Pacers can make with what they have. So I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's a yeah. tough spot for Naping Mellon. I feel you. If, if Bain starts hitting, starts hitting threes, if, if Bain hits a three within the first like two or three minutes of game one, it's probably over. Mm. I guess, I don't know. Like, I'm more worried about the long-term implications with this smart injury for both, obviously, the rest of the postseason and honestly beyond that. Because to me, like, yeah, the, the Celtics, barring catastrophe, the Celtics are going to win this series. But then... What you're saying, B Rob, is that you're you're afraid that Marcus Smart will be caught on the sidelines with a "That's All, Folks" T-shirt. Is that? Uh, yes, <laughs> I think this is this is my concern. Okay. I, I think this is a. I, I think Smart, like again, having him come back in the middle of a Buck series was one thing for a thumb injury, like to for your oblique. I think that's pretty tough to to expect him to come back there and make an impact. And the Bucks are just a load. And so what happens, you know, if the Celtics lose that series in five or six, obviously in part due to Celtics, you know, due to Smart's absence, like wh- where do you, where do you go from there if you're Danny Ainge now? Especially since you, okay, you, you can't even fully evaluate your team because Smart wasn't out there for this postseason, another postseason where, you know, you don't know what you have. I mean, I think I'd still like the Celtics against the Bucks, to be honest with you. Um, you like the Celtics against the Bucks without Marcus Smart? Yeah. Wow. I can't go that far. Please explain yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to convince you either way. I just, I, I told you, I don't, I don't trust this Bucks team. I don't, when it comes to the playoffs, and I, as Giannis is, he, he keeps evolving, right? And it, it's terrifying. But until he is more complete in terms of getting away from the hoop, right, and shooting threes. A little bit more consistently, I like Brad Stevens against him in a three in a, in a, in a seven game series. We, I, I, don't, I don't trust Bledsoe yet. I know he had a better, a better year, but I don't trust him yet. Mm. Middleton is, I mean, he obviously kills the Celtics, but I don't know. I just like, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if Brooke Lopez is going to be raining threes, yeah, sure, maybe we're, we're, the Celtics are screwed. But I, when it comes down to it, I don't know. I, I, that's not to say that I, that I would necessarily. It's not going to be easy. But there's something about this Bucks team, and, and Coach Bud had happened with, with the Hawks. He didn't have Giannis, obviously, but like. I don't know. I think they're they're more of a regular season team. Mm. I, I, think, I agree with you on that. But and, like, and Brogdon, still, Brogdon is. I don't is, trust is the Celtics. Team. I don't trust the Celtics without Marcus Smart on defense. Like he's he's huge. I, I think that's like the trying to figure, trying to stop their the the Bucks offense and the without him to direct communicate, traffic and direct transition traffic. exactly yeah. like get out and shooters make life hard for blood so like i guess terry if terry rozier morphs into last year's terry rozier and like kicks the shit out of blood in the series then yeah like i can see it but it's that's a pretty big stretch um yeah we've got all these guys to see what may mostly jalen and terry right who we've and, and tatum to a certain extent too uh who we've been waiting to show consistent performance the level that they showed last year when they got the opportunity. So I think the opportunity is going to arise again. Now they've they're you know, it's at Marcus's expense, unfortunately, like Terry said, but they're going to have a chance to obviously being the bucks is going to rely on either Jalen and Terry 
playing consistently above where they were this regular season. Yeah, that but kind of, you know they have this opportunity. That kind of brings me to uh, like the second thought that I had when I first saw the news about Marcus Smart's injury, which is just that the depth of this team. Uh, say what you will about how poorly some of these guys performed during the regular season, who we thought would be better, but. Um, at the end of the day, they have shown in the past what they're capable of. And I thought that the depth of the team and the fact that guys, like we, we've already mentioned this, but just the fact that guys would have more reliable opportunities where, yeah, they can play through mistakes. They cannot worry about um, where their shots will be coming from or their minutes or, or anything like that. I think that there is a benefit in a series for someone like Terry Rogier who obviously you know plays better when he's you know there were some it's really difficult in a regular season to kind of pinpoint uh you know performances where you know he would just come in and, and struggle a little bit where he, um, or where he played well <laughs> yeah no but like like where he knows like last year in the playoffs he knew he was going to start every game he knew he was going right. to play like over 35 minutes i'm not saying he's going to play 35 minutes now with smart out but it's just it's more it allows him to expand his 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 game and and hopefully solidify his confidence a little bit more. But I guess we'll I, see. I've got an idea, guys. Hear me out. Terry Rozier, when he plays Milwaukee, not allowed to shoot on the road. <laughs> what do you think? Hmm. Did you look? Just look at his shooting splits from last year before you answer that. <laughs> It was, I think, how, how bad was it? I mean, I think he shot 10% from three in Milwaukee. I'll double check, but it was uh, it was historically bad. That series was very home heavy for everybody, I feel like. I mean, every series is, though. Yeah. I mean, the Celtics mean, didn't lose a game at home until game seven. Yeah. Um, and didn't win a game on the road until, or they won one game on the road all postseason. I guess that's, that's going to be the Kyrie difference here is like can Kyrie win the games on the road that's probably what the season's going to come down to and Gordon who we were going to talk a lot about in this episode but it got hijacked by the the news but like Gordon looks completely different yeah we'll get to him for our preview (laughs) that was was almost evil the way the way yeah (laughs) we'll get to him later (laughs) and people we'll have to remind everyone and remind ourselves that you know that that 2008 team they went to seven games with 35 and and 47 Hawks. Right. Mm. You know? It's always good to remember that. Do you guys know how old Al Horford was in that series? 21. 20... 22. I think Mike is right. He, made, he, either, he either turned 22 right before that season. but He was a rookie, right? Yeah. No, that was his first season. Yeah. Wow. Yes. I don't even remember him in that series at all. I do, for some reason. I remember Zaza. That's right. basically yeah. all I remember. Yeah. Um, How old were you for that series, Mike? Uh, were you in, in middle school? I was 12. <laughs> Zaza leaves an impression. Um, one last question. I don't even know if I want to ask this because it's such a downer question for you guys. But well, Not for the, you? Uh, no, it doesn't mean for me too. It's, or it's a sad question <laughs> to think about given how things have ended here. But is there any chance Marcus Smart has played his last game as a Celtic? There's definitely a chance. Like, um, or I guess I'll I'll throw it here. Like, where short version? What do you Celtics lose to the Bucks in like six? What's that's what's your, look? This is all dependent on what Kyrie does in free agency, right? Right. Well, I, yeah. Like, what, is, what do you what are you doing to convince Kyrie to stay? 
you say you that, to... hey, Marcus was hurt. Let's roll it back with you and AD. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, it, it is possible that... Um, it is possible that that he's played his last game, and that's a really depressing thing to think about. Um, he would almost certainly be involved in a trade for Anthony Davis, and it's ironic because it's like we we, we think that it's is all of this is is very much tied to Kyrie's decision, and Kyrie would you would think more likely be wanting to stay if they were good in the playoffs, but Marcus's injury prevents that potentially especially in the second round um so i don't know it's so it's, could it help the celtics from a least convincing them standpoint um maybe I, that's what that we didn't have marcus you're saying yeah be like hey we didn't have marcus man like, and by the way and by the way we're about to trade him <laughs> so, yeah. so resign right <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like that, like that's that's almost like a too basic of a reason when we're talking about Kyrie, right? You know, I don't want to assume anything. Sort of like linearly, you know, you don't know where, what, what what plane he's operating on at any on any moment. So it, it might be tough, but man, I don't know. Like I said I, I still have a hard time, and we'll see. Wasn't Doctor Jess? What's her her last name? Uh, Flynn. Doctor Jess Flynn. Well, how's her track record in terms of uh, predicting the the extent of these injuries? I mean, she's pretty good. Like, she was, she kind of nailed the Hayward thing last year from like being like, thinking it was a possibility he could return to Ethereum, but unlikely, um, which obviously ended up being true. And because he had all the extra complications. Um, right. So, yeah. So, I mean, she's a sports medicine doctor. Obviously, she doesn't, you can't 100% know. You're obviously just dealing with like Reports. your experience treating that injury, and everyone's different. But um, it just the injury itself, it just sounds like. Uh, and even Brad Stevens said today at his press conference, you know, for for a four week return is could be aggressive, and so that's that's the him letting on that now is a sign. He just said that like, to motivate Marcus. Yeah, let's I mean, be, let's be honest. Come on, this <laughs> signaling here, but no, I guess like I think the Celtics should best proceed planning on not having him in that series. That's probably how they need to like go about it. Like they can't be like. They can't be thinking, oh, he's going to come back in game five and give us the boost like we got last year. Like, that's that's going into dangerous territory based on what the injury sounds like. I think at the end of the day, I'm not saying it's a good thing for everybody else that he was hurt because, again, there's just so many, like, hashtag winning plays that he makes in big games and big spots that nobody else does, whether it be a deflection or drawing a foul or or whatever it is. Um, but like, if you just look at the roster, like, I know I just made this point, but like, like when you, when you take away shots that smart would take or decisions he would make with the ball, uh, that could otherwise be decisions that are made by Kyrie or Gordon or Al Horford, like that's, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. But no, you can't replace winning plays, winning plays. Mm. One. <laughs> should, we do, should we do the late the Lakers talk? Yeah, let's. Uh, let's I'll give you the the, the current odds for the for the next president of the Lakers. Mm. This is according to this is according to to Bovada, and this is their top. Not top. This is just seven seven names. Okay. So top, uh, first is a Levar Ball. Whatever. That's a hundred <laughs> to one. Uh, Pat Riley. Ooh, I've been thinking that 20, 25 to one. That's nine to one. Nine to one. Wow. Yep. Uh, I could definitely see that for the record. Phil Jackson back at uh, at ten to one. 
That's disgusting. Rich, let us, uh, let us guess these as we okay. go. Okay. I'm looking at them, so I can't uh, guess. I, I, I'll throw in a guess when you put the name up. Okay. Uh, Jerry West. Uh, eight to one. Three and a half to one. Whoa. He's old, though. He's going to run that He's, whole show. And from what I've heard, like, I, from what I've heard, he doesn't really do much with the Clippers. And I'm not saying that to talk shit about him. Like I said, he's old and he's done more than any of us could imagine with his life. Right. But what, what I've heard is he's more just sort of a, a figurehead there. But I, I, I don't know. Well, we'll he, go, he, he works, but... Um, but he's not willing and dealing as much as people necessarily think. No, I'm, well, they have guys who do that on the day-to-day. I mean, he's there for just consulting services like what do you think about this draft guy what do you think or this prospect what do you think about this free agent like in that risk so he does i know he goes into the office and whatnot um do you he, think that he, he, hiring think him that would he, be dumb i'm just do you think hiring that what him. he said what he says goes he does not no i don't no, I, I don't think he has final no he does not have final say okay so speaking of this, this guy probably deserves final say uh kobe bryant <clears throat> you're up um Seven to one. Kobe Bryant is two. And this is Bovada. Who the hell knows? Two, he's two to one right, right now to to be the next president. The Celtics should be Los really Angeles. rooting for that to happen. Uh, and the then league David, should be rooting for that yeah, to happen. Yeah. Uh, David Griffin. By the way, Kobe would definitely go um, Jordan and Kwame Brown and just mentally destroy <laughs> whatever yeah. rookie they, they bring in next year, whoever's <laughs> there now. Um, David Griffin is the, the uh, last one. Two to one. He's a uh, one point uh, plus one seventy five is the yeah. is the number. So slightly slightly better than than Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I see you went in order here, and I should have picked up on that sooner. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's fine. I, I like to keep you on your toes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean Griffin seems like a pretty. Why isn't Bob Myers on this list? He's like yeah, clearly going to be the guy they hire. I... Right. That's but... a little scary. From if if you don't want the Lakers to be good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Palenka is still the GM, which is <laughs> right. just, uh, it's just hilarious. I, I don't know. They're, they're a laughing stock, but, um, I don't know. Who do you guys think that's good is going to forget odds? Like who's just, what name is going to be the name? I mean, I think this is a huge break for the Lakers that for as embarrassing as this was magic walking away and giving them a ex- QC get rid of him before he could do any more damage is like huge. So I mean, I would guess I'm gonna go Griffin. I think he has the LeBron connection there. He obviously is in the running for the Pelicans gig. So, but I would obviously much rather take the Lakers gig than the Pelicans gig. Um, so I, I think am, he I am literally I am literally about to ask David Griffin mm. that question. Nice. All right, what what time's your interview with him? Very soon after this, podcast. it is in a half hour. <laughs> will you call him? Will you, can you get yeah, him on let's now? Get him on the horn. Um, probably not, but uh, I'll, I'll 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 let him know. He's probably a, a diehard listener as it is. So yeah, tell him we we think we should, tell him we I think he should get it. Tell him sure. what else, well, he's our pick. Rich, what, what's your feels pick? about the the name change? What's up? <laughs> Who's your pick, Rich? Yeah, I mean, so David Griffin, I think that if a normal team that makes the most sense, but like. I think I gotta go Griffin too. I just think LeBron has has too much power. Like, I don't know. Can Rich Paul get the job? Oof. <laughs> I think they're waiting to buy a team and then have Rich Paul be the president. Then, but 
So who's gonna who's gonna coach the Lakers? I've I've heard that that Mark Jackson's already been promised the job. Oh my gosh! You have heard this, Rich? Are you breaking news right now? I'm not breaking anything. I'm just saying that I've heard that. Okay, no. Here, what I've what I've heard is that is that LeBron and Palinka are down with that, but Genie is is pushing back. But if 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 that, if that if that was what LeBron wants, I mean, that's what's going to happen. You would think. If I was Genie, <laughs> I would be making decisions outside of the Lakers' orbit and outside of LeBron's influence. But that's just how I would be doing things. But you can't do that with him. That's that's the, when you make a deal with the devil. That's that's where you are. The devil. Oh my god. Why don't you? Okay. For so I, I have a question. So Rich, before the season started, you uh, or maybe this was last year when the news first broke. I think we had an episode talking about the 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 news that Magic, Magic yeah. was hired, and you were very pro. And um, it yeah. seems that Magic never emotionally developed beyond the eighth grade. <laughs> based on that press conference. Uh, so after seeing that, realizing that uh, this is a man who just wanted to tweet, what are your uh, what are your thoughts? thoughts? About, what are your thoughts about the whole magic uh, experience and his the job that he did? My, my thoughts, honest to God, is that he was a little too good at his job. <laughs> I mean, it took him it took him what less than a year to land who like people argue is the, is the greatest player in NBA history, right? Mm. He just didn't realize what it, it didn't realize what comes with it. What comes with the, the, the toxicity of, of bringing LeBron James okay. into an organization let me, that is no longer is no longer Magic Johnson's Lakers. Let, the job that he took was to bring his Lakers back from the dead. But me, what it was can, is that now it's LeBron's Lakers, and he he realizes that, so he's walking away. Can I rephrase my question? Yes. What is the difference between Magic Johnson as the president of basketball operations and a cardboard box as the president of basketball operations? I think if you'd sent a cardboard box to a secret dinner with LeBron James to to decide that he's going to come to L.A. long before free agency, less damaging things would be said. Yeah, I, I just I just don't know if <laughs> I don't know if the cardboard box sells him. I don't know if, if like the the you know I don't know I don't know if if LeBron had cardboard box like up on the wall in his room growing up. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if that would have done it, but like the guy, the, the guy put the, he got, he landed the big fish, the biggest fish. Who and was, then, who was going there no matter what happened. And then the, the only, the, 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 what he did, the problem was that he listened to him too much. He, he let, he let himself get, get swept into that orbit. And that's why you, you don't go outside the bronze orbit. So you don't, like, if, if you are, you're built, you're, you're Luke Walton and you're coaching the Kings next year. Mm. This is a very flimsy argument, Rich. I gotta say, and I don't of course, know. I mean, it's all bullshit. Because I mean, because because I mean, Magic he, he wasn't ready for the job. But I do think I don't <laughs> I don't put as much blame on him. And I, and I like I I would love in every story that comes out about about Magic and, and what was going on behind the scenes and supposedly ESPN has some big story coming up too, right? Like I would honestly like to know. I wish there was a way to clarify which of the informa- information came from Rich Paul. Because I'm telling you that that dude will lie mercifully, mercilessly. You know what I mean? He doesn't care. Like I, that, I, I, if, that if, bodes if, well if, for if the summer. Came from him. Like it, it could just be a lie. This guy makes stuff up to, to to help out his clients. So and and I think ESPN is some of those those people are very you know ready to jump on anything he says and tweet it out and put it in a story. So I think we'll see what happens. I don't know, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I I'm disappointed that, that that magic went out the way he did, but. I, I don't I don't I don't know I understand why he walked away. I wouldn't want to 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 be in that orbit either. 
Um, I don't. Can't wait till he's around the Celtics next year. Who, LeBron? No, Rich Paul. Hey. Mm. I told you. That's one of the reasons I don't even. I, I'm hesitant to even. Are you out on AG? No, I'm not out. I'm not out. There's no. Uh, there's no rule that says AD has to keep him on his representation either. So, I guess we'll see. We yep. definitely see. That's going to be when you're when you're making statements about how you are your own CEO, and then two weeks later, how you are not allowed to uh, <laughs> pick your own T-shirt. Um, something's wrong there, and I, I do agree with Alvin Gentry. I don't think this guy is getting good advice. <laughs> just <laughs> just throwing that out there. And who do you think is giving him the advice? Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe Gentry. Maybe if everyone gets together, maybe we can like fight fire with fire and get AD to, to to fire Rich Paul. It feels inevitable, but I don't know how sensical AD is. But um, yeah. but yeah, I do think that if I had to pick one name, I'm picking Bob Myers. Uh, I think that they will throw a lot of money at him. Um, I was reading Marcus Thompson in the athletic. He had, you know, he threw out 10 million as a number and, uh, and, uh, Myers reportedly is making less than half of that with the Warriors. And, you know, he's already accomplished everything there is to really accomplish in Golden State. They're about to go into this new arena and everything. And that's very exciting. But I think for a guy who went to UCLA and had worked there, as an agent, it just seems it seems like a good situation for for Bob Myers, who is one of the best GMs in in the league, and I think the Warriors would be fine after they uh, after they lost him. Although he is a very uh, respected mind and just seems like a very affable human being, I wouldn't do that. That'd be too much of a headache. Like going from the Warriors, you have Steph, like you have Clay. Even if they lose Durant, like so they're losing Durant. Contending. I mean, but you still are you're set up to contend for another five to ten years there. Like, I don't want to deal with LeBron's bullshit. Like, why would you leave Steph for LeBron? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what his relationship is with like with Joe Lacob, but look, I don't know. It, all I know is that I lived in LA, and LA is incredible. Um, I mean, that's fair. And the UCLA roots is legit. It's just like, and and the money is if he's if they double his salary or something, like that's pretty significant. And I, yeah. I think that that's something that he would have to look at very strongly. That's true. All right, that's so we got two for Griffin, one for Myers, and you'll have to break the news, to David Griffin, Mike, that the job is not his mm. in your interview. Mm. Well, hopefully that. We'll, we'll follow up on that next week, or maybe later this week on the Winning Place podcast. We are going to have reaction, multiple podcasts, all postseason long for you guys. So definitely check in early and often here. Subscribe to the Winning Place podcast. Rate, review us on iTunes. We are available pretty much everywhere. You can get podcasts now, which is awesome. So check us out there. And I think that's... That's it. We'll see how the this group uh, tries to rein the ship here heading into game one. Let's do it.